Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Life Uncut. It is Therapy Thursday, and this is our Ask Uncut edition. This is where you guys write in all your questions. Some are super deep and super heavy. Some are a little bit more lighthearted and relatable. Either way, we can't get enough of them, and we are here to help. <laughs> that was a good intro, admit it. You don't know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, you really stumped me. No, I'm, more, I'm also getting over the fact that... Um, we did try and just record another intro and I just had one of those moments where my brain was thinking and my mouth was doing something completely different and it happened about seven times in a row. So Literally, it was the biggest brain fight I've ever seen. Yeah, we, we may have to call an ambulance if this continues. <laughs> and then also we just realised that we weren't actually recording with one of the microphones, so I was legitimately just talking to myself for four minutes. So if you didn't glance down and look at that, we would have done a whole episode of you talking to yourself. That would have been like a normal day in my life. <laughs> That is how it goes from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed. (laughs) Guys, we look, not a lot has happened in our life between our last episode because we only recorded Tuesday's episode last night. Speak for yourself. I read a great article today about how a man in Odaha, is Odaha a place? Utah. No, it's like Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Odaha, Idaho. Uh, Ate 157 blueberries in a minute. So that was my highlight. Is that a record? Yes, it's a Guinness record. This man actually has multiple Guinness records. I don't know I how reckon, I stumbled onto this uh, article. I reckon I could do that. 157 blueberries in a minute. Blueberries I, are pretty small. You have to eat them though. You can only pick them up with one hand and eat oh. them one at a time. Oh, that's different. I just pictured picking them up in two hands and like shoving my face in there. Hoover, hoover the pun it in. Oh, that's different because then that's more about being Speedy Gonzalez with like fine motor skills. That's, that's what he said. He's like, it's all about skill, speed. Oh, so much skill <laughs> to eat blueberries in a minute. So yeah, look, you know what? My day's been wild. This guy's a blueberry farmer, isn't he? No. He just lives in Odaha. <laughs> he lives in a far off magical made up place. I love that. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, these are the people who you trust to give their unqualified opinions on your problems. Thank you for coming to my therapy session. Okay. <laughs> and that's us out. I actually have a question that um, someone in my life brought to me today and I am going to bring it to you. Are we going to oust the person? Not. Okay. Very discreet. This right. is almost like... Okay, you have to bear with me in this tall tale because I almost feel like it was out of a movie. If I didn't know, if someone wrote this in, I would have called their bluff and said, no way. But they didn't. It's come from a reliable source. So this is my friend asking me today and it's his friend. So it's not him. He's like, look, I want your opinion on this. All these guys went out, this big group of friends, okay? And they're all foreign. They're all from overseas. They're all different travelers, but they've been living here for a few years. Expats. And you you know what it's like. They all want to move here. Everyone wants to move to Australia. He's a bit of a, this guy, the friend's a bit of a, like, a player. He's really smooth with the ladies. He's 30. He sees this girl at the bar with a friend. Young, both youngish looking, but, like, different ages. Looks cute. He goes over and starts to chat them up, asks them to come join the boys' table. So these two women come join the table. About three quarters through the night, they come to the realisation that one of the girls that he really likes and he's hitting on is only 18 and the other girl is not a girl but is in fact her mum so this girl and her mum have gone out like partying <laughs> okay wow what a weird what a compliment to be that mum that's certainly not going to be me and marley they're going to be like yeah marley hanging out with her grandma again <laughs> so it gets weirder right he's hitting on this girl who's 11 years younger than him 12 years younger than him big age gap anyway in front of her mum and her mum's cool with it. They end up going on a few dates. 
Wait, all of them or the young girl and the, the older young girl, girl and the, year age guy? Yeah. Okay, right. The young girl and the guy end up going on two dates. I'm sticking with you with the story. Oh, it's Just, worth okay, it. All right. It's worth it. I'm on, the, I'm on the roller coaster. Get me there. They're on the second date and for, they've been out. For some reason, the mum has to pick them up <laughs> from the date and take them home. I don't know why. I don't know if they can't afford an Uber. I don't know if they don't have their own car. She had to come and pick them up. They go back to the her house, the 18-year-old's house. They've hooked up and stuff. Keep this in mind. Then they sit down together. The mum says, I have something I want to ask you. I think you're great. I think you're handsome. I know you want to live in Australia. I know you are a good guy. I know you want permanent residency. I want to have a child. I want you to be the father of my child. And <laughs> I know. I know. Stay with me. So she's 41. She's decided she wants another child because she's single. She's asking – this is a ploy – not a ploy. I don't want to say a ploy because I don't know, but the daughter is in on it. But if this happens, if this happens and he agrees to do it, it means that his son or daughter is going to be also the brother to the girl he was dating. This is just a very, very close family. Obviously, she, she wants his sperm. Like, obviously, she wants him to be a sperm donor. Like that's what this is. She's yeah. not saying I want to sleep with you or anything. It's like Well, I don't know the specifics. It just said put I put it need into to be. a turkey baster and I do am, it in the room next door. I imagine it's sperm donor because that's even more messed up if she wants to be sleeping with who the daughter's sleeping with. But it means that his child is the brother or sister to the person that he was sleeping with. Which would then also end up potentially being his stepmom if he married the girl. Exactly. Woo! I feel like there is a lot of layers here. I don't think you're posing this. If you're posing this as a question that you want me to answer, this is way above my skill so, set. My friend said to me, what do you think he should do if he's a little bit tempted to get permanent residency? And I said straight up, this doesn't give him permanent residency. If she has said that to him, no. Having a child in a country doesn't allow you to have permanent residency. I have Not even no idea. Yeah, it's really hard to move to Australia. But I just – and he asked me because his friend came to him and said, what do you reckon I should do? And he's like, well, I don't know. I know a girl that answers questions. So he comes to me and says, what do you think you should do? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I've got a podcast partner. Well, like, this is so far above our pay grade that I actually don't know how to answer this. Um, I think that there are many, many crazy people out there who like to do crazy things. Not going to shame them. Um, you can always ask the question and – if you don't ask, you don't get. I just It just sounded like a movie and I was like, is this actually happening? I think he would be crazy to go through with it. But, you know, whatever makes him happy. But I once got asked – so this was this is so many years ago, but um, when I was dating a guy that I was with for six years, we lived together in a little tiny bedroom studio and his best – well, one of his best mates that he'd become really good friends with that year prior was this Italian guy who owned the cafe down the road that we used to go to. And he had started this cafe, but he was only on like a student working visa. It was all very dodgy. Anyway, it came to a point where he had very limited time left on his visa and hadn't sorted out another option to stay. And this Italian guy had approached my ex my ex-boyfriend, funnily enough that he's my ex, had approached my ex-boyfriend <laughs> at the time and was like, hey – how would you feel if I pay you a certain amount of money and I marry Laura to get permanent <laughs> residency? And my boyfriend came to me and proposed the question. was like, so this is what we're thinking. How do you feel about this? And I was like, not good. <laughs> not good. That reminds me of a time I had to fight off people that were trying to buy my sister in Morocco for like 20 chickens. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> she's blonde and beautiful. They were like, yeah, 20 chickens, three camels. And I was like, no. They're like, fine, we'll throw in a donkey. She's like, she has like, at least 17 camels and some sort of alpaca. I was like, does this girl look like five camel girl? No, she's a 25 camel girl. We've obviously never been in a situation where we want to stay in a country that we aren't entitled to stay at or it's, you know, we're not able to stay at. So I can understand the desperation for it. And maybe this woman thinks that he's at a point or he's desperate enough to to give her something that she's after. And I mean, there is obviously a very unusually close relationship between her and her daughter, but everyone's different and different strokes for different folks. I'm not going to judge, but I'm also not going to touch that one with a 10 foot pole. No, I I legitimately just wanted to share it because I thought it was a crazy story. But anyway, let's jump into some real questions. As always, every week you send in your questions. Britt and I, well, actually mostly Britt. Britt picks out her favourites. I've picked out a couple today though. So, you know, hold on to your panties. And (laughs) we do our absolute best to answer them. And this one has just come through. So I'm going to jump in first. Hey guys, love the podcast. Not a necessary part of this question, I love but we really wanted to in. throw that in. I want your opinion on when am I supposed to delete photos from a past relationship? I'm 26 and had a fairly amicable breakup with a boyfriend of four years about a year ago. We are still occasionally in contact. We send a message here and there to keep in touch with one another. But from my side, there are definitely no romantic feelings left and we most definitely will not be getting back together. My problem is... Because he never wronged me in any way, we just grew apart. I still cherish our memories together. So what do I do with all the photos together on my phone and on Instagram? Especially if I get a new partner in the future. Help. I feel very strongly about this, that I don't think anyone ever needs to delete or wipe out a part of their life. I think that especially because she has saying but she's especially because she has said it ended amicably, they're on good terms, she's got no romantic feelings for him. I don't see why you need to delete those photos if it's not hurting you to look at and you're you're looking back on that memory fondly. I think it's okay because what it comes down to is this person was a large chapter of your life. You had a lot of memories with them. You probably went through a lot with them. You experienced a lot from them. You learned a lot from them. And I feel like it's wiping out a whole section of your life that I don't think you need to do. I love the fact that I have found photographs of my mum's ex-boyfriends when she was like 17, 18, 19. She just has like a book. You know when you're young and you kept all your photos in a shoebox? She's got a burn box. But I'm so – and even dad. Dad was like, oh, what was his name again? You know, like I'm fascinated by it. And I was like, mum, you dated this guy. Like this is your life before dad. And she's like, yeah, we used to do this. And it was just – it's really nice to see that it's a part of someone's life because it is. It helps shape who you are. I think that if it's been a really, really bad ending – And when you look at these photos, it gives you these really negative feelings and it brings you down and it reminds you of bad times. Sure, wipe that shit. But no, I don't think that even if you meet someone new, you need to delete those photos at all. I totally agree with you, Britt. The only thing that I would say to kind of elaborate on that is if you have photos on your Instagram, which are extremely coupley, i.e. you're making out with each other or like... I don't know, just like, oh my God, I love you. I'm never going to love anybody like I love you. If you're someone who really proclaims their love on public, if you're someone who really proclaims their love on social media, then maybe there are a few that you might want to curate and remove, Um, you know, purely because it might make a future partner feel jealous. But, you know, it's not a necessity. It's definitely not something that you have to do. And and I, I am exactly in the same thought as 
I'm exactly in the same boat and, and way of thinking as Brit that, you know, these people are a part of your life. They're a part of your identity. They're a part of your history and you don't have to absolutely scrap and, and totally clean the slate for every new person that comes along. I mean, I have photos of my ex-boyfriends on Facebook. I mean, I don't really use Facebook that much anymore, but I have photos of them. Like they're all there if I ever want to go back and look at them because I would hate to completely remove 15 years of my life that I've shared and that have shaped me. Um, but in saying that, there are some relationships who I still have some resentment towards the person because of the way that they treated me um, and because of the way that things ended. And they're people who I don't really want to remember. They're, they're photos I don't want to reflect on. Um, and they're not memories that make me feel happy because of, you know, even though, of course, there were great times in our relationship, it was very much clouded by the toxicity that was going on. So for my own mental health, they're the ones that I delete and remove entirely. But I think it's been a year. Everyone expects you to have history. Everyone expects you to have a past. Any new partner who finds that intimidating has some issues of themselves to deal with. So I think it's totally fine to keep photos of your ex on your Instagram. Yeah. For an example, actually, I was just thinking about this as you were saying that. My partner of eight years, we ended, I've, I've said that before, we ended really well. We just grew apart. Nothing happened. We were amicable. When I moved on to my only other real relationship, he was a sociopath. I remember him saying, delete every single photo of him. Delete it. I don't want to see it. Don't know about it. I shouldn't have to see it. And I, I thank the Lord. I was at a young age, vulnerable age, but I was strong enough to say, well, hang on. No, I, I don't want to do that because he was really pushing me to delete them. And this was back when like, I don't, you don't have a backup. You don't have like hard drives and things back then. It was just like stuff on, if I deleted those, I would have lost them forever. He wanted me to wipe out eight years, my whole teenage life into my early twenties of, I was with this guy every day. We did so much together. We traveled the world. We moved cities, we bought houses and he wanted me to wipe that. I said, no, he finally got on board. And what ended up happening was two years later when I found out he was a psycho I wiped him. I deleted like everything of him because I, he brought me nothing but pain. Whereas the first relationship brought me nothing but like fond, amazing memories. So I think this is a, there's a really important lesson in that. Yeah. And, it, and it's a reflection of insecurity if somebody is making you remove a whole chunk of your past. I think, I do think that it's important to kind of draw a line in the sand with like photos that are provocative though. Like for example, I don't want to see photos in Matt's phone of his ex-girlfriend topless not interested, delete them, put them somewhere where I'm never going to see them, put them somewhere where hopefully you're never going to see them. Do no, you know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff. I think that there are definitely some things that out of respect for your partner and respect for your current relationship, you definitely would delete from your phone. But if it's just photos of your past and photos of you together, then like that's so fine. Question number two. I just want to say that I also agree with that. I don't mean like keep topless photos. Dude, that <laughs> shit's not cool. I mean like here we are at the Eiffel Tower. Here we are in front of our totally. first house. <laughs> like there's no, there's no need. I mean like I think that a lot of people might keep a, a random photo by accident. Like it's to that's totally excusable behaviour. But if your like partner has a folder of photos of their ex-girlfriend. Okay, so this is my story. I so, knew there was something <laughs> deeper here. It's, it's coming. <laughs> so the guy who I deleted from my life entirely who I said that my whole relationship was shrouded in toxicity we had broken up gotten back together I've talked about him loads on this podcast um we were away in Bali after just getting back together um for like the seventh time in a year so ridiculous um we'd gone to Bali as a holiday together I had found out that he cheated on me I had forgiven him we had decided to start again fresh and I had said to him I was like 
if there is – because he, he was a compulsive sexter, basically. He would – so he would use different like um, social networking platforms. So he, for example, Viber used to be a big thing a while back. And obviously it was, it was texting, but you could get in contact with people who weren't necessarily in your core contact. So you could be contacting strangers. And I found him sexting a whole lot of girls from Viber and I saw all the messages and I saw all the photos. And anyway, I forgave him. We decided to go to Bali on a holiday to kind of re-fix our relationship, rekindle things, get back to a good place. And when we were over there, I'd said to him, if there is anything in your phone, anything, and this is the time when I was crazy and I used to go through his phone. <laughs> I was like, if there's anything in your phone at all that's incriminating, this is your opportunity to do a deep dive and delete it. I was like, I'm giving you three hours. Go, go right back to the <laughs> beginning of time, guy. Like, do it. Anyway, so I had given him that opportunity, like, you know, we had had a really beautiful week and then I was laying on the beach reading an article on my phone and there was this article that was about, and it literally just came up, this was totally serendipitous and it was about this calculator, which is a fake app. Basically, it looks like a calculator. It's called Calculator Plus and it looks like a calculator, but what you do is you open it, you can use it like a normal calculator or if you know that it's a fake app, you type in a certain code and it opens up a photo vault. Shut the front door. I swear on my life, That's the door is wide fucking open. What the hell? I have never heard of that. Yeah, so calculator plus. And I just had this feeling. I was like, that's something that this sleazy little fucker would do. My ex-boyfriend just told me he really liked mathematics. It all makes sense now. I was like, I, I bet you. Because he was so good at lying. He was so good at hiding stuff. I was like, I bet you he has this. And, I, and we had an open phone policy. So I was like, hey, babe, pass me your phone. So he passed me his phone. And I... Of course he did because he had a secret calculator app. And I was like, okay, so let's talk about this app that clearly has all your photos hidden in it. Put your password in. And he wouldn't do it. He refused to. Oh, my God, Laura. We st- I know. And stupidly, like, I hate myself in saying this because we stayed together for quite a while after that, even <laughs> after that, after you another always, time. You always give me a hard time about my red flags. Oh, dude, I learnt my lessons hardcore with this guy. But, yeah, like, so I think that, you know, there are some people that hold on to these things as trophies. They hold on to these things as reminders. And personally, I don't think that you should hold on to nude photos of your ex. God, no. I don't – that's anyone. No one should be doing that. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not crazy. Thank you for validating me. You are not crazy. That was a really long story and that really brought up some suppressed trauma. All right, everyone go and check your partners for calculators. <laughs> Calculator plus, guys. No, I hope on. that doesn't blow some shit out of the water for you all. I'm mind blown. I thought I would have not. I thought I knew everything about that stuff. I thought I told you every story I had in the bank. Nah, but there's yeah. another one. I reckon there's so many still that you've just buried that will slowly come out. Me too. Slowly as the trauma builds, more things. It's like suppressed memories. <laughs> going like- to a therapist. I start talking about my childhood. All right. Okay. Question number two. All right. Ladies, I have a real doozy for you. Real pickle dickle. Yeah. And it is. This one's a pickle dick. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Thanks. It was strong. It was hard. Strong. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Thanks. Um, my boyfriend and let's I. Let's ride it into the sunset, <laughs> Brittany. Dude, it was just a pun. <laughs> <laughs> but get excited. Be my cheer girl. My boyfriend and I have been together for 2.5 years or so. For the past six to nine months, I have been feeling that this relationship just isn't right. I finally had the perfect excuse to end it. He majorly fucked up. It ended in a huge argument and I was so relieved that I finally had an out. Anyway, a few weeks later, I got very sick 
And what do you know? I'm prego. Prego in the ego. I just thought, all right, I'm pregnant. I'll just give this guy a chance to see if his behavior changes. Maybe he'll grow up and act like a contributing member of our team slash relationship. One reason I had been so unhappy in our relationship was because I felt like we weren't on the same page. I was desperate for kids and to start a real life together. And he seemed perfectly happy to just continue on our way, not progressing the relationship at all. So I told him about the impending baby growing and he was shocked, but he was also really happy that we were back together. Things were great again for a few weeks. And now here we are. I'm nearly 12 weeks pregnant and he has gone straight back to being selfish and inconsiderate, basically exactly how he was before I broke the news. I'm keen to tell our parents and our close family members, yet he doesn't really even acknowledge the fact that I'm pregnant and he doesn't want to talk about it with anyone. He doesn't want to tell anyone. I get the feeling like he really isn't into it. And I feel like he thinks I'm just a convenient person to have around. We're both from families where our parents are still together and our siblings have all been married before having children and done things the right way. I'm feeling very there, much... I'm just going to chime in. There's no right way. <laughs> have babies and get married whenever the fuck you want to. I'm feeling very much like we should not be together, but I 100% am keeping this baby. But also, I don't want to be a single parent either. He really is a great guy deep down. He's from a beautiful family. He just acts like a child. Literally, his mother cooks for him. She cleans for him. She does his watching. Um, He just expects it and he loves it and he doesn't want anything different. I just don't know what to do. I'm feeling very lost and alone at the moment because I haven't told anyone about this pregnancy yet either. Any advice helps. What the hell do I do? Oh, man, this is so hard. This is an awful situation to be in. But I I think, oh, okay. Like, like, let's summarize there's a, it. There's a few things here. And the first thing that stands out to me is that if you've made the decision 100% that you want to have this baby, and there is definitely a part of that where you need to also make that decision that there is a good chance that you'll be doing it on your own. I think that like, regardless, like having a partner is not a guarantee. You need to have a child because you are happy to be a parent and bring that child up regardless of the situation, regardless of whether or not your partner is fully checked in or fully checked out. The other thing I want to say is if your relationship is really hard now before you've had a baby, your relationship once you have that baby is going to be even harder because children are like they put relationships under a microscope and they really like it's like a pressure cooker they amplify everything they amplify the good bits they amplify the they amplify the love they amplify the wonderful bits but they also amplify all the bits that drive you crazy about your partner they really bring out the best and the worst in each other and so if you are already at a point where you don't think that you can be with this person if you're already at a point where this person doesn't support you, doesn't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated, then he's not going to change necessarily just because there's a child in in the room. If anything, I think that there's a good chance that it'll be worse, not better once this baby comes along. Yeah, this is a a really, really tough one. And I do feel for you because it sounds like you've wanted the child for a long time and I'm super, congrats, happy for you. Like Laura said, just to sort of, um, just to extend that a little bit, if you're having this baby because you hope that in any way it's a band-aid and then it's going to help fix what your your relationship, like Laura said, it's not. Babies are never band-aids. They, like Laura said, they amplify problems. It's very stressful. Uh, you're always tired. Um, it's not going to be like going on a holiday and renewing your relationship. 
What I do want to say is, and I am perpetually the optimistic, I do want to try and see the best in most situations, but I have seen it before in people's in my life and my friends that I know have been in similar situations. When you have a child, it can change people. It can finally, he, this might actually be what it takes once the baby's here for him to pull his finger out and take some responsibility and step up to the plate. This may, there's a chance he's like, okay, shit, I love this new human being fiercely and I'm going to step up and be here for you and the child. There's also a huge chance he runs for the hills because it sounds like responsibility is not his forte. Yes, there is always a chance. There's always grey and variables to the entire spectrum of this situation. And there is a chance that he will step up and be a great dad. Does that mean that he'll step up and be a great partner? Not necessarily. If if he's never proven it before, then I doubt very strongly that that he's going to just have a full 180 flip and turn into the person that you want him to be. There will have to be some level of acceptance of him being the person that he is. And if you are taking care of a child, having to then take on all the extra work of taking care of a child and taking care of a man child is a hell of a lot of work that you have in front of you. And and like that could be something that's very hard. The other thing I want to say is there's a lot of stigma around being a single mum, And I think that society still places that stigma around women who end up being single or who've chosen to be single parents. And from all of the single parents who I've spoken to and who I know, and, you know, I I do another podcast, which is a, a mother identity podcast. And I've interviewed loads of single parents and single mums. It is not as bad as what society makes you think it is. And it is much better to be a single mum than to be in a shit relationship with a shit partner who doesn't take care of you and doesn't support you and doesn't love you and doesn't make you feel like you're a team. So if you have made this decision that you want to have this baby, then this is your life and this is something that's really wonderful and should be celebrated. But remember that no relationship is a guarantee. I would also like to highlight when you said that he's a really great person and your what your problem is now is that you're worried about how he's going to be when the baby comes. My advice would be if, if things are okay now and they're happy, don't worry about what's going to happen yet. Just get through it and deal with it when it comes because you can't end something now because of the, the potentially someone's going to act a certain way. I think you need to stick it out now. If he starts to treat you terribly and you're unhappy, of course – we all know that you can take control and, and leave any situation. But I think we as humans, especially women, we really get into this habit of like, what if this happens? And we fret about the future and we stress about the future. But I think it's really important to take every day as it comes. Prepare for the future, of course. You have to. You're having a baby and make sure he's on board with that. But don't leave a situation now because you're worried about something that might happen in six months' time. I guess the other thing to kind of touch on is like, we don't know what the big thing was that was reason enough for you to break up with him. But I kind of, I mean, I have two more things I want to say, but one of them is that you never need a big reason to break up with someone. If you're unhappy, you don't have to wait for them to screw up to feel like your reasons for not wanting to be with someone is validated. Um, you are allowed and entitled to make those decisions and change your life at any point along the journey if you're unhappy, especially if you've been communicating that you're unhappy along the way as well. The last thing I want to say, and to be you know more positive about the situation, because I guess I, like I have been doom and gloom, <laughs> but I'm tired because I haven't slept because I have a kid, um, is that having a child 
as much as it puts an enormous amount of pressure on your relationship, it can also be a really galvanizing force for your relationship. And I think it's really one of those things in life that makes or breaks a family. It makes or breaks a relationship. And, it, and you know, there are people and there are families that make it all the way. And just because they've made it to their very ripe old age of whatever it is sitting in a nursing home doesn't mean that they haven't encountered their own hurdles and their own challenges along the way. Every single relationship has its own hurdles. Every single relationship has its challenges. And like Brittany said, you can't foresee what's going to happen in the future. You just have to make the best choices that are presented in front of you now. And then if things change further down the track, then you make new choices that better set you up to be as happy as you possibly can be and also take care of your child in the best way that you possibly can. Mm, Good luck. Good luck. This is what I want to hear back from this one. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, give, I want an give us an update down the track. Actually, every so often, I think this is something that we need to do. Updates. I want, I want updates, guys. Like if you've been listening to this podcast for however long, over a year now, and we have answered some of your questions, oh, you could all get back to us and tell us if their advice is okay. And what happened? How did it all end up? Did you marry the guy? Didn't you marry the guy? Did he find out that you cheated? I want to know. Tell me the goss. I'm waiting to hear back about tuesday's episode this week you know how someone wrote to my friend and said i want to see your ear before i date you <laughs> i'm waiting to hear back to see if a she went on the date and b she sent the ear if um, she sent the ear can you please send the photo to me so that we can post it online <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep you posted all right let's jump into the next one this will be the last one because these have been some pretty big heavy questions are we is this a light one i'm scared it's not <laughs> it's a heavy today's a heavy day I can't um, – I can give advice on this for sure, but I can't give advice um, from a place of experience. So this one's for you. Question number three, hit me. Okay. I really need some advice on how to handle an extremely delicate situation. My sister-in-law very recently suffered an early miscarriage after years of trying to conceive her first child. She was so excited to finally fall pregnant and shared her news with me and others pretty much as soon as she found out. We were all so thrilled for her. So when she miscarried just a couple of weeks later, it was really devastating. Now here's where it gets tricky. I have just found out myself that I am pregnant with my third after a relatively quick journey to conceive. The day before she miscarried is when I found out. I don't know how to approach it. I don't want to be insensitive. I'm obviously not ready to share the news just yet myself. But when the time comes, how do you think I best handle this without upsetting and offending her? I do feel really guilty in a way at the thought of announcing anything that is remotely happy on my end, knowing she has just gone through something like this. It's giving me anxiety. Yeah, this is really hard. It's a tough one. My my advice, I mean, and I only have this advice from somebody who has had fertility issues themselves and has had miscarriages and when I had my miscarriage, the first one, my sister had her baby, Archer, like my nephew, and she would bring him to work every single day. And there was never a, a period where she even thought or, or we even discussed, like, maybe I didn't want to see him. Like, maybe I didn't want to be around a baby that day because it made me feel really reminded of what was happening to myself. But I think people who have fertility loss, and, and this is very general speaking, I'm sure that there is a full spectrum of feelings towards this, but... I think that people who have fertility loss can often feel very isolated because people don't want to include them in their happiness. So people don't want to tell them that they're pregnant. People don't want to feel like they're rubbing it in their face. And so instead they actually exclude them from that. And that in itself can make the situation even worse. Um, I, I, I think that the best way to approach this is when you are ready to tell people 
tell her first and sit her down and say exactly how you feel and that you do feel terrible that you're not able to share this experience together, but that, you know, you like you want her to be included in your pregnancy journey because it's something that's important to you and that you love her. And I think that, th- that that you can't stop the fact that she's going to be hurt. You can't stop the fact that it's going to be hard for her. But I think that there will be a part of her that is very grateful that you included her in that as well um, and that she doesn't feel isolated and left out because having a miscarriage and, and having fertility struggles is isolating and lonely enough. I really strongly agree with what you said about sometimes when people dance around a delicate situation or a delicate subject, topic, discussion, it can make it worse because the person that you're trying to protect all of a sudden feels like they almost feel more left out. They feel like, oh my God, and and, and they feel silly. They feel stupid. I've been in that situation before where people haven't wanted to tell me something because they've been so happy and they thought I was sad. That made me more sad because I was like, I'm, I love you. I'm happy for you. Don't. And you feel like there's something wrong with you. Like if, if people kind of avoid situations like that and avoid inviting you to baby showers or avoid inviting you to birthday parties and things, cause I think it's going to offend you. It's like, you feel like there's something wrong with you, but then on top of that, you also feel like everyone's talking about you, which is worse. You know, I would prefer if somebody wasn't sure about how I felt about something, ask me. Don't ask other people about, you know, I mean, obviously you can ask us, like this is anonymous as hell, but you know, I I think just making sure that she feels included and supported and loved and obviously her pain doesn't negate your happiness. They're not, they don't have to coexist as two separate things. She's allowed to be hurt and be happy for you at the exact same time. And both of those things are acceptable and beautiful and, you know, they're just part of the spectrum of life and feelings and, um, yeah, just just allow her to feel the way that she feels, but also include her in your journey. I think that that is my absolute advice for this. She's absolutely, she's your sister-in-law. She's absolutely going to be thrilled for you. She's going to be happy and she's going to love you and she's going to love the child. But yeah, she'll, she, in her own time, she's going to have a hard time dealing with it because she has had her own loss. But like you just said, Laura, she can, she can do both of those. She will be strong enough to do both of those. Well, I think, yeah, I feel like we've answered that. I also feel like next week you need to bring some lighthearted questions. Yes, <laughs> this is a lot. It was a, it was a big week, but you know we like to mix it up. We like to these are real problems that real people are experiencing, and I I think sometimes we need to take a deep dive into some more serious things. And other weeks we can have a laugh, and it can be like the lighthearted problems, especially fertility, because I think it's you know we are at that age now where. These, these issues are very common and they're conversations that you have amongst your girlfriends and they're conversations that come up all the time. And, you know, it does sometimes feel like, I even saw someone recently write in our Facebook group that it feels like everybody is having a pregnancy announcement. It feels like everyone is pregnant. And for someone who is struggling with fertility or maybe infertile, that feels like a constant slap in the face. And the one thing I want to say to that, which I did touch on when we did the miscarriage episode quite a while back, if if anyone is going through that or knows somebody who is going through that, we really recommend that every woman listens to it because it's such an insight into something that is so common. Very powerful episode. Yeah. I just want to say that sometimes it can feel like everyone around you is having a happy pregnancy announcement. And that's because we don't talk about miscarriage enough. And, you know, people don't often announce their pregnancies and also announce the fact that they've had three miscarriages in order to have their pregnancy. So keep in mind that sometimes you only see the highlight reel of what's happening in someone's life. Um, You don't always see the struggles that everybody else is facing. 
I think sometimes remembering that puts things into perspective and, and makes you go, ah, oh, okay, it doesn't feel like every single person around me is pregnant because mm. every single person encounters different struggles along that journey. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. We did it. All righty, guys. That is us. That is Ask Uncut for the week. We will be back next week with a big juicy episode for you. And then we'll be answering your deep, dark and dirty questions again. And if you haven't already done it, then I've got a few housekeeping things for you to do, guys. Number one, go and leave <laughs> us a review. Just jump <laughs> on to Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, all that stuff. Number two is to go and join our Facebook group, which is Life Uncut Podcast. You can also put your questions for Ask Uncut up there if they're not super personal and you don't need to keep them anonymous. Lots of people like to share their questions and the community that we have been building are so amazing and they'll get behind it and they will answer these questions for you as well. And number three is, I'm going to go because I'm going to go watch The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon, guys. Share the love because we we love love. love.